Thank you for joining us on After Dark with Rob and Andrew on America Out Wow, which is available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, or head on over to AmericaOutloud.com and click on the Listen Live tab for 24-7 talk radio. You will not be disappointed. Tonight, I have with me guest hosting Heather Robinson of the New York Post. Andrew's taking the night off. And folks, we've got a treat for you. We have as our guest tonight, Chi Van Fleet. She's going to talk to us about China, her experience, the Mao regime, and what we're seeing right now. More so, what we've been talking about on After Dark with Robin Andrew, as well as with Heather. I don't know if our listeners are aware or not, but according to experts, in 2024, 40% of the voters will be Gen Z and X. That's scary. You want to know why? Because a majority of them have been indoctrinated in our public schools and our university that America is bad. America is a racist country. Our government is bad. This is not a good place to live. Now, mind you, they have none of them have ever ventured outside of the United States. Many of them have not even left the states that they're living in, but yet and still they see America as being this oppressive place. Something else to think about. While they're being indoctrinated that this is a bad place to stay, we have millions of people crossing our border every month. Now, if we were such a bad place, why do we have illegals coming across the border? Now, if you were to ask a Gen Zer or X or this, they wouldn't be able to explain it. They would just say, oh, well, America's bad. But why is America bad? If we're so racist, why would people leave their country to come to our country? What is this? And you have the Biden administration. They found this as a weapon that they could use to keep people confused and delusional. And that's the reason why, in my opinion, Heather, they've legalized drugs, marijuana as recreational drugs, to keep people high dumb, and stupid, so that they're unaware as to what's happening. COVID, it was horrible, because when we shut down, they took away a lot of rights that we had, and we think we we still have them, but we don't have them. So tonight, we're going to talk about this, and I hope that you go, when this is on podcast, go to your friends, share this with your friends, or even right now, call your friends and tell them to listen. Heather, how are you tonight? Doing terrific, Rob. Honored to be here and very excited to speak with you and she. So Heather, my opening, what are your thoughts about that in 2024, 40% of the voters will mm-hmm. be, to be frank, uninformed voters going to mm-hmm. the polls, thinking that they're voting with the knowledge that they have, but they don't. Well, I... I don't want to be a Pollyanna because I share your concern. However, I do think there's there's hope. I know quite a few young people who, even some who hold more liberal views, but they are not necessarily fully buying into uh, the indoctrination that we're seeing taking place uh, from the hard left. I know a few kids, I've mentioned this, who sort of have uh, a little uh, bemused attitude. And uh, I don't know, uh, you know, if, if she ever experienced this, but it's like, it's almost like they know that there's a level of groupthink. And they say to me things like, oh, you know, it's just, you know, it's the, it's the liberal um, take on things. It's, they know that there's this repetitive, predictable kind of set of views 
that they are expected to hold and that others who are teaching them hold, but they kind of, um, they recognize it. I think that the left has gone so far with this that in a way there's hope because, you know, it's, it's becoming, I think, clear to more people, maybe not everybody, for sure not everybody, but I think some people, including young people, are seeing the brainwash and the groupthink and the, the, the simplistic kind of really the racism in a lot of ways that's dressed up as something else, as this pseudo-intellectual theory. I, I, you know, I think we just have to keep getting out there, Robin. What you're doing is so important. It's so important for all of us, especially minority Americans. I'm Jewish and I'm in the minority of my minority because most Jewish Americans tend to be liberal for a lot of reasons. And, you know, some of them have good reasons. But I think it's important that we not be a monolith. You right. Know, and the same thing with blacks. Most people assume that blacks are liberal Democrats and I'm black and I'm not a Democrat and I'm not a liberal. I'm a conservative and I'm proud of it. And I'm glad you say that you think that there's hope. But when I look and see what's happening, you look at what translated almost a year ago in our schools and what's happening in our schools now, of all places, our public schools, what they're teaching our children to hate the country. The country is bad. The country is oppressive. And that is a reason why I think, in my opinion, Joe Biden wants to start educating kids as young as three with pre-K so that they can start the indoctrination a lot early on. So as I mentioned at the top of our show, we have on with us she Van Fleet, who is the author of the book, Mal's America, a survivor's Warning. Now, she's going to talk to us what her experience has been. And many of you have probably heard her on different TV shows talking about the same thing and throwing caution to the wind as to what we're experiencing. And we're being told, don't believe your eyes. She, how are you tonight? Good, good. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Well, I'm glad that you're on because I don't think that people are aware of the danger that we're facing right now with our government and how they're indoctrinating our children at an early age to dislike the country. And it's right out of Mao's playbook. And you've said Mm -hmm. this so many times on the different shows. So what was your experience as a little girl? Because I remember you saying in one of the interviews that you believed what you were doing was right, the way they were taking the country. That's what uh, your indoctrination does to you. You don't have your own thought. You just follow, uh, follow either the trend or, in our case, the water. Yeah, um, let me tell you... uh, your audience a little bit of myself and uh, I grew up in China and uh, I started my schooling when the Cultural Revolution started which was uh, in 1966 and it lasted 10 years until Mao's death in 1976 that was my year of, uh, of schooling which was nothing but indoctrination and you talk about uh, Biden want to um, start want to have a government's kindergarten so we had we can, uh, so that they could um, indoctrinate kids as uh, young as three. That's exactly what happened to me. And uh, so my father 
uh, kept all the records. And I just, uh, um, not too long ago, I went through what I brought here with me. And uh, there was one evaluation uh, of me when I was in kindergarten. And a part of it said moral development and said at three that I understood Chairman Mao uh, was our great leader. And Chairman Mao loves his little children. And I want to be his little child. At age of three, I know who was in charge. And throughout our years, we were taught the party and Chairman Mao was our real parents. And we should, our loyalty should go to the party and not your parents. And if your parents did something wrong and uh, not in line with the party narrative, that was, that was our duty to go to the party and report them. And people did. And some of their parents end up being executed. So that is the power of indoctrination. And uh, so I've been here a long time. I came here in 1986. And I've seen things happening that started to kind of uh, worry me and all remind me of Cultural Revolution. But it was really 2020 that I saw this is uh, no mistake, there's not just science. This is absolutely full-blowing Marxist cultural revolution. Why do I say that? Because it happened to me before. And so many Americans, I'm sure including both of you, were saying, oh my God, this is awful. What happened? And that's because Americans were not taught real history. They were not taught the history of uh, the communism. And uh, so that is the danger that we are facing um, because the kids don't know better. They have no reference. They absolutely no idea. They thought this is all new. They thought that this is uh, against uh, social injustice, against racial injustice. They have no idea. Same thing. I see that's people. a scary thing about it because they don't have a point of reference. And if Biden has it his way, he's able to get control of these young minds because children's mind is like a sponge. They will mm -hmm. soak everything up and they know that. That is a reason why they want to start at an early age. And I have said so many times, be careful when Biden is saying, we're gonna open up childcare for kids as early as three years old so that parents can go to work. I'm like, no. What they're saying is that they want to control your children. The other day, the House passed a bill, say the parents' rights bill. Why do we need a parents' rights bill? The child belongs to the family. But I as know. you said, she, they don't mm -hmm. want that. They want you to give allegiance to the government. And if the parent does something wrong, they want you to report it. And we have that going on right now. A woman Absolutely. went in to adopt a child and they told her, you can only adopt this child if you agree to certain things. And she's like, what? So it's like, we own the child, not the parent. No, at what point did you, as a when you were growing up, did you realize that this was indoctrination, that this was wrong? Yeah, actually, it's interesting. Someone asked me the same question. And I said, I had no idea. I had no idea until I went to college. That was a few years after Mao's death. And when we started to have more information available to us, when we started to be able to listen to BBC and Voice of America uh, radio without being criminalized, 
And then I started to wonder, it's not so what's, uh, you know, the reality is not what they, we, we, we were taught. And I just, from that point on, I started to realize we were fed nothing but lies. But that is the key is that when you don't have any other source of information, you believe what you are taught. But that was in Mao's China when everything was absolutely controlled by the government. So you can't blame me for knowing no better because I had no information. But here, the information is just a click away. They really did a good job so that the young people did not even want to find out the alternative uh, point of view. And they did not want to know. They, they just absolutely convinced that this country is evil and uh, conservatives and republics are extremists. And uh, yeah, so we have a much harder, in a way, battle to fight here because uh, the conception, the uh, deception is greater because uh, what happened to me was, uh, you know, like no information. And, uh, and here people do not want to see the information that's available to them. She, um you mentioned that in 2020 is when you perceived full-blown Marxist revolution here. What was it specifically that um, stood out to you? Was yeah. there a specific moment, something you saw on TV that made you, you, you said it was 2020. What was yeah. it that made you see this? Yeah, um, it's the chaos. The chaos, that is exactly the word I would describe about the cultural revolution. It is the division, division of uh, people and uh, um, condemnation of uh, people who, can, uh, who were considered not in line with the party narrative. They were condemned as enemies. Enemies, not just to disagree, but enemy to eliminate. And so at first it was just chaos, you know, and then later just violence. And mm -hmm. during the Cultural Revolution, some 20, 20 million people lost their lives. And who were the, uh, um, the revolutionary for that uh, event? The Red Guards. Who were the Red Guards? They were the young, indoctrinated kids, just like the Antifa, the BMM, and those social justice warriors on campuses in America. And why? because they were the ones that Mao could mobilize because they were the ones that have been fed from day one that they belong to the party. They belong to the state. Their duty is to carry out the order by the party and by Chairman Mao. So that is absolutely the same thing. And when I saw that, I, I said, before I saw there's a sign here, sign there, but that is no mistake and that is absolutely Mm -hmm. Absolutely, full-blowing Marxist uh, mm -hmm. yeah. You know, I, Rob and I have discussed this. Thank you, She. Uh, it's very, very, uh, it's just just chilling. And, and I, what, what I've said to Rob before is that for me, the moment was when I saw people getting hurt who didn't have anything to do with the, the death of George Floyd. I understood the anger over that terrible thing. I did, I do. But then when other people started to get hurt and their businesses destroyed who had nothing to do with it, and then we were being told that was part of justice, that whole idea that two wrongs make a right, that 
you know, the violence is really justice, um, to me was a moment of just, I knew I was seeing something that wasn't true and we were being told we had to believe it was true. And, and just to, to yeah. go ahead, Heather, just to, to put into yeah. context when uh, she was saying in 2020, if, you, if our audience will remember, that's when we had the entire George Floyd murder and was played out. And it was also during COVID and everyone was locked in. We were told you can't go out, but yet and still protesters, the BLM and Antifa, they were able to mobilize and go out and I'm not going to say protest, but riot and tear down things. And it put fear in people's heart. So based upon that, that fear in people looking at it over and over again, the indoctrination that this side is bad, this side is good. As she said, this is what they do. It's chaos. It's division and condemnation. If you don't agree with us, you are against us. We must silence you. And we saw that happening. They were kicking people off Twitter. They were silencing people. Even look at when they came out with the Hunter Biden laptop, how they silenced that. Anything that they felt that you weren't on board with them on, they would silence you and take your voice away. And we see that happening now played out over and over again. And who are they using as their guards? The young people who are uninformed. They think they know, but they don't know. This is truly an important conversation. We've got to go to break, but we're going to come right back. So go get a glass of water, get something to eat, and come back and listen to After Dark with Robin Andrew, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Thank you. We'll be right back after this commercial break. If you're like me, you'd like life to return to some kind of normal. You're burned out on all the fear-mongering, but deep down you try and minimize viral exposure and your risk of getting sick. You've heard it talked about time and again by respected medical professionals. Use a pulvinone iodine nasal solution. I don't need to tell you just how powerful a nasal cleansing formula with xylitol, povidone iodine, and vitamin D3 for immune support could be. In fact, my attorney told me not to tell you. Google it and find out for yourself. Now, get yourself a bottle of American-made Cofix RX nasal solution. Let's get out and live again. CofixRx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com. Use coupon code OUTLOUD and get 20% off. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. was Henry Wadsworth Longfellow that said, lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime and departing, leave behind us footprints on the sands of time.
America Out Loud Talk Radio. The liberty and justice for all. And we're back on After Dark with Robin Andrew and my special co-host, Heather Robinson of the New York Post. And our guest tonight is she. Van Fleet, and she's talking to us about the indoctrination that she encountered when she was growing up in China under Mao. And she says that she sees parallels right now what's happening in the United States. And unfortunately, our leaders at the top, Joe Biden's regime, is telling you, don't believe your eyes, we're on the right path. When in actuality, Heather, we're not on the right path. Look at our economy. Look at what's happening. Look at the division. I would say that we are more divided than we ever have been. They talk about racism. They talk about discrimination. There is more discrimination that's taking place now than, in my opinion, than we have ever seen. But no one wants to talk about it. People are afraid to admit it. Why are they afraid to admit it? Why won't they talk about it? I'll tell you why they won't. Because they know that people will wake up and will say, wait, this is not the country I want to be in. Joe Biden is a frailed, failed leader. But we have the media that's propping him up. So, she, let me ask you about that. The media, when you were in China, were they giving Mao the support that he wanted, keeping people uh, from knowing the truth as to what was actually happening? Well, in communist country, the, uh, the CCP, they own everything. They own even the people. So the, the media is their mouthpiece. And there was no mistaken about it. They, they don't even hide about it. It's just the fact. But I do want to go back to uh, 2020 when you mentioned about those uh, uh, chaos. Uh, why so? Why there were just riots? Uh, why there were just uh, hurting people, killing people, uh, looting, and, uh, and nothing happened to them? The same thing was true in the Cultural Revolution. The Red Guards could do anything and there's no consequences. We did not have what's called the defund the police. What we had in during the Cultural Revolution is the dismantle of the uh, um, law, law enforcement, totally dismantled. And Mao gave him the full support of the Red Guards. And, he, and the Red Guards uh, and the police were not allowed to go to campuses, that's where the violence took place. So why um, the, the BMM, the, uh, the Antifa, and then the, uh, uh, those rioters could do what they did without consequences? Someone was behind them, and we know who. So it's exactly the same thing. They were used by those in power. In China, Mao used the Red Guards because he wanted to get the power back from the CCP bureaucrats, and he believed that they were not loyal to him. Here, the same thing. They're doing this for power, for power, and they would use all those red guards, uh, I call them blue guards here. Those are the, uh, the American red guards, but they are really blue. Uh, so for the same reason, for absolutely same reason, they create the chaos in order for those who want to get to power to get to into power. How did you get to the United States and realize that you were being indoctrinated because you left, your family was there, did your family come with you? Yeah, this is a very uh, gradual, and I, I, that's why I'm so passionate about educating Americans of the things they, they never taught, of the evil of communism and, uh, and uh, the uh, evil of uh, indoctrination. 
And in uh, Mao's words or in CCP's words, it's called thought reform, that we, not just children, everyone had to go through this process. And this is a process that was never ending. It's a lifelong undertake, like just like uh, uh, Robin D'Angelo said in his in her uh, uh, white fragility that mm. whiteness is a problem. And for white people, you have to take a lifelong commitment to get rid of your whiteness. And what we were taught is uh, it takes us a lifetime to get rid of what's so-called bourgeois thoughts. Mm. I have no idea what bourgeois thoughts was, but we were told <laughs> to do so. Basically, you have to always remind yourself you follow the party order. And uh, otherwise, you will be condemned and you will be uh, named the state, uh, the enemy of the state. So the what did parents see this happening to their children? Did they try to reform them? I mean, were they just like... We can, there's nothing we can do. No, the parents were have to undergo the same process. This is uh, required of everyone in China, and so uh, here we have a problem between parents and uh, and children, right? The, the parents try to teach the uh, not all, but most of parents try to teach their children traditional value in China. The parents were supposed to also reform their thoughts in line with uh, um, the party and the same going on with, uh, with uh, indoctrination in school. So that was, uh, that was the difference between mm-hmm. now and, uh, uh, and then. So now we still have a hope because I say we are in a very, very, very dangerous um, moment of the history of this country. But we still have, uh, we still have hope. We have to have hope right. to fight back. And I say, how to fight back? There are two things that I think that are the most important. One is family, another is faith and or church. And that's why the left and the communists, they go after this. In China, as soon as the communists took over China in 1949, they went after all religions, all religions, especially Christianity, because they consider that the greatest threat to their power and uh, and they went after family and they were um, absolutely making it clear the children belong to the state. And with that, they absolutely own everyone, not just the children, but everyone. She, I, I hate to even ask this, but during the Cultural Revolution, were you instructed to turn against your parents, your teachers? Did you participate in that? I mean, is there anything that you remember doing, or did you always have this ability to see that it was crazy? No, no, I have no ability. I was just too young. I was too young and uh, to really, if I were, I would say if I were just three or four years older, I would join the uh, the, uh, the rape guards and, and, and do all the things that did atrocity possibly, you know. Mm. Um, I was too young and uh, for one thing, and also someone also, uh, in the interview, asked me, uh, what do your parents teach you? I said, we never had that kind of conversation. That was not safe for them to even have a political conversation with the children because they know what we were taught, what we're supposed to do. If they say anything that uh, uh, that is considered, uh, we call it counter-revolutionary, 
And uh, they won't be surprised and I won't be surprised myself that I would report. So it was a, a given. So you, you're supposed to do that. And so we're all conditioned. So can you imagine that parents can't talk? I never heard them talk to each other because they will avoid us because they know it's not safe talking oh. things in front of children. Oh my. So, so you mean you, your parents and your relationship suffered because of this, that your parent, in my understanding, right? Your parents actually just didn't say much to you. I don't think it's just me. I think it's very very common Uh that it it is just, okay. Not only, okay. I I can tell you stories. I think it's important for your audience to know how bad things are. There was one story that was very famous, but by no means unique. So this uh, uh, 16-year-old boy, and uh, he changed his name. So his name is Zhang Hongbin. Hongbin means red guard. He changed his name to red guard because he was just basically like a virtual signaling that he was loyal to Mao. And Mm -hmm. so he heard his mother complaining about the Cultural Revolution at home. He reported his uh, uh, to the party. And uh, so she was arrested two months later. She was executed. And uh, and this is not unique. And I can tell you another story. And this is uh, um, Liu Shaoqi. He was the president of China. He was purged by Mao. Actually, he was the one of the main reasons that Mao launched the Cultural Revolution to get rid of his uh, uh, political enemies. After he was purged, his two children wrote articles to condemn him. Why? They had to. They were taught to, but they also had to. If you don't show that you cut, um, you, you cut ties with your condemned parents, you yourself become a counter-revolutionary, the mm-hmm. enemy of the state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I guess a lot of what happens with these kind of manias and groupthinks is that if you become a part of it, then you can be protected from the mob. Yes, yes, yes. And and we saw yeah. that with the January 6th. Uh, the, when they protested there, you had this one uh, father's son. The son yes. reported his father and said that his father was involved with something nefarious. You had someone else saying that her mother was part of something nefarious because they are thinking that this is for the greater good, not exactly. realizing that they have been indoctrinated. And you, we see this playing out time after time. Look at just what happened with the, uh, the guy who was uh, on the subway. And, and I've said this so many times. Just imagine if you're on the subway and you have someone who's screaming out, you're afraid, you're hoping that you can get out with your life. This person is subdued, but then the person who subdued him is attacked. And then you have the mob coming out saying, oh, this is wrong. Now, more than likely, some of those people in the mob had probably thought the same thing. What if I'm attacked? But they can't see the greater good because they're thinking, no, the country is bad and we must stand up and we must defend the country. We must tear it apart. This is 2023. And this is where we are with the Biden regime. I always say I really I'm just not going to to soften it or to make it a a palatable. No, what's the word? Um, palatable. Yeah, for, for people. We are dealing with communists. We are absolutely dealing with communists. And people still say, you know, it's the fight between conservatives and uh, uh, and a radical left. 
uh, it's more than that. We are dealing with hardcore communists. She, are you suggesting that you think that China's government is behind, in, in a literal sense, some of these organizations, BLM, Antifa? Do you think that the communist government of China is actually uh, orchestrating or funding some of this? I think this is a great question. I think this is so important for American people to understand. The communism and the Marxism we are dealing with today is homeborn. It is absolutely American Marxism. And it started in the 30s. And uh, so people need to educate themselves and about uh, Frankfurt School, you know, and those were the uh, the Marxism that they came from Europe and they have been pushing Marxism in this country. And uh, don't think, don't, Ever think that woke is just happening now? It happened before. It happened in the 60s. And that's what's called counterculture movement. That was the phase one of the woke movement. And it died down somewhat after the Vietnam War was over. But the activists, they did not just give up their cause. They become actually tenured professors in our universities. Uh-huh. They took over the academia. Hmm. And since then, they have been preparing future Marxists. And they have been doing that for decades. And that's why today, all our institutions are fallen. It's because they are all now under control of the Marxists. But I've always, think- I've, 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 I'll, I'll say this, Heather, I've always felt that that this just wasn't happenstance. This has been in the make for some time. I've heard other people say the same thing. And it's just that when, when COVID hit, that was a perfect time for them to reveal themselves and to go in and push for power. Because once we were shut down, once they realized that they could get us to shut down, not go anyplace, stay at home afraid, they were able to push their agenda. When you look at the timeline, I mean, this all accelerated during the shutdown and when we opened up with people coming out and saying, I'm a trans, and I'm this and I'm that. And these people are racist and we've got to shut these people down. It was on an accelerated basis. It was always here, as you said, she, but they were waiting for the perfect moment. They had Mm -hmm. already entered our universities. Our universities were already experiencing shutdowns, freedom of speech. We don't want to hear what you have to say. Listen to us. And the moment they got us to believe that we need to shut down and they put the fear in us. That's when they said, we got them. And now you look around you. It's not the same country that it had been before the shutdown. It's completely different. You Even in our high schools, I remember you going before a high school and you were saying, I think it was in Loudoun County, you were saying, be careful. This is Marxism. I saw it. I experienced it. And people laughed about it. But you're like, hey, this is what's happening. And we see right now. Look around you, and it's exactly what's happening. But that they- you, I'm sorry, Rob. I just wanted to clarify something. She, when you say American Marxism, and I hear you that you this is domestic. But do you think that there is um, funding coming from overseas for some of these groups, or am I just being um, a little paranoid? I mean. Is it possible that the Chinese government and, you know, whoever else might be uh, having a role in 
in fomenting some of this? Yeah, their role. They own our politicians. They own the CEOs. They own the intellectuals. They own America. You think they're actually paying for it? Of course, of course. Look at the politicians. Look all the politicians, the big ones. They are funded or they bought by the CCP. They absolutely corrupted and uh, academia, academia. They uh, 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 just look around. The Biden Center in Delaware had donation from CCP, like a three million or, or, or whatever million. I think a, a New York Post had a story about it. They absolutely own our politicians. So mm. that's the uh, um, the dynamic that I see there. And but the work is done here. So I say you can you can blame us uh, CCP. CCP is what it is. It's a communist country and they consider America their arch enemy. Mm-hmm. But it's the enemy within. The enemy within. The traitors. That's what I say. We've got to go to a commercial break. This has been a fascinating conversation. We're going to pick it back up the last half and I hope you'll stay tuned. Right after the commercial break, we will have more with she, Dan Fleet, and my guest co-host, Heather Robinson. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day, yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. And folks, we're back. Final half after Dr. Robin Andrew and my guest co-host Heather Robinson and my guest, Shee Van Fleet, the author of the book Mao's America, A Survivor's Warning. And indeed, we are being warned because we see what's happening around us. And as I've been saying, when we shut down in 2020 and we saw all the riots, soon thereafter, it was like full speed ahead with this crazy agenda that's so similar to what we've seen in China under Mao and the Marxist agenda, whereby they've indoctrinated our children and our young people into thinking that what they're doing is right and that America is wrong and that we have this government here that's going to fund them and give them what they want. And our legal system, beware, because it's hands off. And she, I'm wondering, you know, are you, do you think we should be more concerned about the communist government of China militarily? Or do you think that the approach is more to to take power here via this cultural um, rot, this this um, Maoist kind of uh, indoctrination? Uh, you know, I wonder. You know, I, I sometimes I think you know we're worried about a military war, but maybe the government. You know, I don't want to say is too smart, but you know. 
maybe their strategy, the communists, is why go to war when you can indoctrinate a population? And I wonder yeah. if what you think. Yeah, I, I really haven't looked um, um, look into too much about uh, the uh, geopolitics. But I know that uh, America, when it's weak and it can't fight successfully, look at our military today. Look at the uh, transgender soldiers, you know, performing and the pronouns. And uh, I think, I don't know how you can fight uh, an enemy when your military is like that. So I, I think, I personally think, and the, uh, the, the enemy within is more dangerous, is more dangerous. And just like, uh, you know, like so many uh, great minds would say the same thing. You know, a country like this is always enemy within that were defeated rather than a strong enemy from outside. Because uh, if we are strong, if we are united, no one, no one can take on America. But look at now. Look at now, people don't have no respect to America because they know we are weak. And we are weak not because of from outside external forces, it's because the disruptive, destructive force within those that are the cultural Marxists or American yeah. communists. What do you think of uh, former President Trump, Xi? And do you have a, a choice for president in 2024? Who would you like to see? Who do you think is best leader for America? Trump, Trump, and I'm I'm, I'm telling you why. I, I think and and I think that the really the turning point um, is not necessarily 2020. Actually, it's 2016. And in 2016, when uh, Trump won, I think the left got really they panicked. That's exactly what happened. They panicked, so they speed up. They speed up their agenda. And then when you call this uh, um, uh, boiling water of the frogs in the boiling water, before we're all thinking we're taking the jacuzzi, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but Trump really made them panic so that they speed up. Because they speed up, they woke up so many people. They woke up so many people. Without 2020, I don't think we're going to have this. Well, I think all this can be uh, a blessing in disguise. Without uh, the pandemic, the parents would not learn about what was taught to their children. Right and through the Zoom, the class they realized, oh my God, this is what they were uh, they, they they were teaching to our children. And then mm -hmm. what happened? That is the uh, what we got is parents revolt all over the country. Who would go to school board before? I did not even know what school board was. Now parents are going to school a uh, school board and fight for their children. Also, and as a pandemic. And 2020, and what's going on today? Also, when they push it so hard, they will wake up more people. Just like you said in the beginning, I think this is what we are. We are in a very, very critical moment. But at the same time, more than ever, people start to uh, to wake up. I met in, in through my uh, um, speeches and uh, interviews. I met so many people. They all said just like what I happened to me, never politically involved, but now they are. They are fighting for their children. They're fighting for the country. So mm -hmm. that's our hope. Mm -hmm. So Chi, why did you decide to speak up? 
when you first got on the on the scene and said, hey, this guys, you need to look at this. This is not good. Did you have children in the school system? Why did you want to? Why did you decide to raise your hand knowing that you would be attacked yeah. and people would criticize you? Yeah, I, I think uh, people kind of know that stereotype of Asians. We really very quiet. Mm-hmm. We, you don't see uh, Asians ever, um, you know, make a lot of noises and, 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 and then uh, demonstrate and, and demand this, demand that. And uh, mostly not because the culture, you know, was like, you know, just just be quiet and just get a, go along to get along. And uh, that was what I have been doing for over 30 years. I never got involved. And I do vote, but I don't really, you know, uh, get into political, you know, activities until 2020. As I said, that was the turning point. And I know if I don't do anything, I will tell myself that I did not help to uh, mm-hmm. save this country that I love so much. Mm-hmm. And that is the case with a lot of the Chinese that are fighting with me because we know what it is like to live under totalitarian uh, government and to live under communism. Mm -hmm. And we are fighting not just for uh, our children and we're fighting for our own lives because we don't want to go back to live Mm -hmm. under communism here. Mm. Wow, thank you for waking me up, Xi, because I feel like I know the truth of what you say, but even though I can see this happening, at times you think, well, maybe it's not the end of the world. The country will just change some, but maybe that's the wrong attitude. That's uh, an acceptance. And maybe we should not be so accepting. I do think that when people really woke up, not woke, but wake up, they were not Unweak. So once they see the truth, I think they will not tolerate. Right, because you what's even going have on today. You, you even have Democrats. I mean, at those school boards that we saw, they didn't necessarily they didn't say that they were Republicans, but they realized, as you said, what they were teaching the kids on Zoom, and mothers started to say, "Wait a minute, I don't like this. I'm not a Republican. I'm not conservative. I'm a concerned parent. This is exactly. my child, and I don't want my child being taught that they're being oppressed." or that their friends are bad because of their skin color. I don't want that. But you have the school administrators telling them, oh, no, but we know what's best for you. You don't understand it. When I have someone who's white telling me, oh, Rob, you don't understand. You're being oppressed. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Oh, yes, you are. But it's the indoctrination. And as you said back in the 30s, these individuals were lying in wait, waiting for the moment. All the while teaching our kids this stuff. I, I think back to the 80s, the 70s and the 80s, when we were I was in school and they were telling kids about, oh, the world is going to come to an end. Oh, and this is bad and that's bad. So those same kids who were being indoctrinated, they are now our future leaders. Look mm-hmm. at what these universities are turning out, our top yes. universities. They're turning out the future political leaders, people who will be making policy. And if they've been indoctrinated, and made to believe that America is bad, they have no respect for the country. Who's going to want to fight for the country? Meanwhile, China is looking at this 
and they're laughing and they're waiting for the moment for them to come in and take over. Look at our corporations, as you mentioned. All of our corporations, they have headquarters in China and they're bowing to China. We can't do this because we don't want to make China mad. We're going to change our movies. We're going to edit our movies so that nothing, so that China does not look bad. But it's like, this is America. We want truth, but it's not being given because of the indoctrination that has been placed upon many of our leaders that are taking money from communist China. Look at the universities that are taking money from communist China. And we don't think there's something wrong with that. Look at how China is buying up different properties here. And we're saying that that's okay. That's extremely dangerous. And you, Chi, you have lived through this and you're sounding the alarms to the people say, hey, listen, look at this. I've experienced this. This is really happening. Yeah. And I do want to add one thing. And uh, and that is communism is uh, not racist. Communism is uh, uh, colorblind because communism is going to oppress everyone. It doesn't care what your race is, what everyone. So under communism, everyone will get their equity. That's that is equal misery, equal (laughs) oppression and equal poverty. And we have that right now with them trying to practice diversity and equity, and and it's not going to work. But we have our young people thinking this is the way to go. This is what I need. This is for me. But they don't realize that's not it at all. We have the greatest country with capitalism. And for us, for for them to think that communism or socialism, this is the way to go. We're going to give to everybody, even if you don't work for it. And that's what a lot of young people are thinking. They believe that because they're young, they're inexperienced, they don't know of anything else. And as you mentioned, they don't know history. No. They don't know history. And our universities and our schools aren't teaching it. And the people at the top of our universities, they are pushing this communist government, this socialism, and making the kids believe that this is acceptable. And it's okay. So as you mentioned, the way to get around this is family and church. But of course, the left, they don't like the family. They want you to believe that the government owns the family, owns the children. And then as far as church, religion, that'd be damned. They don't like that at all, especially Christianity. And look at how they're going after churches. Look at how the Biden administration has the FBI and the Department of Justice spying on different religious organizations. And people are telling me that this is okay. We never would have thought that in America, Heather, this would be happening. But it is. You know, I I think another thing is that because of the unique hardships and terrible, terrible mistakes and sins that were committed against Black Americans, I think that that, there's tremendous truth to that. And I think that part of the way that this is being sold to young people is is by saying if you are a good person and you love your your black friends and your asian friends and your hispanic friends and minority friends which you know they do that this is the this is the right path it's my take is that it's being sold as a kind of if you care about you know the, the friends that you love and then, then there's truth there's there's some truth to what they're saying that there have been these historical injustices, but they're taking off from that. And then they're making the leap into what she was talking about, that, that 
every white person is, you know, tainted forever and nothing anyone does could ever change that. So I guess my question is, given the, the unique history of our country, um, I, I agree with you and I, I hear you that the, this Marxist kind of, kind of uh, push is, is underway. But do you have any ideas, she, about how to counter that narrative that if yeah. you care about minorities, you are on the side of the left? This is a, actually this is a unique with the West. Uh, Mao did not use the same approach. And the communism is always deceptive. Communists never come out and say, we want power, we want to set you against another group so that we can control you. They never say that. They always say something so deceptive. And in the West, they are using or abusing uh, people's goodwill. And because most Americans are not racists, they are not, they, they know it. So they use this word that everyone's so afraid of, that racist, and to do what? Not to help the blacks, not to help the, uh, the minority, but to control you, to control you. So if you see anything, you're a racist. A racist is, uh, okay, actually, the Americans are the one that gave that word the power that it has, that because they you know that that word has the power, and they will use it to shut up anyone and it's nothing nothing about uplifting the uh, the the historically uh, marginalized people it has everything to do with controlling people's thought people's speech control people so that they can have power over us exactly and i have always said that if you throw that card out there the racist card they will shut you down people are afraid to push back they won't say anything and that's one of the things that i liked about trump because whenever they would throw it out there at him, he would come right back and say, no, it's not me. And most of the time, the people who are saying that you're a racist, they, in fact, are the true racists. But they've used that card. They put that word out there and gave it so much power that people are afraid to stand up. So they're able to push their agenda through and people will be silent and just, OK, I'm just going to go along just to keep the peace. I'm not going to say anything. But we have to fight back. We have to stand up. We cannot allow them to win by silencing our voices with that word because they're going to think that you're racist regardless. And you look now, even our That's mayor right. is, is saying that this is racist. This person is racist. Oh, they don't and a want medicine is people. Ra racist. Two plus two equals four is racist. So I think I want them to go as far left as they can so that they expose themselves so that people can say, this racism is nothing about race. It is everything about pushing their uh, uh, agenda. And uh, that's actually is what happened. People start to see racism, mass, racism in music, you know? That, <laughs> anyway, every, yeah. and the birds are racist, bridges are exactly. racist, everything yeah. that we do. And it's like, stop, think about it. Listen to what they're saying. Everything can't be, if everything is racist, then nothing is racist. But they have people thinking that. You even hear little kids on the playground shouting, oh, that's racist. Oh, that's racism. <laughs> they don't know anything about racism or racist. 
but the schools have indoctrinated this into our kids and to thinking it. And as you said, she, they're using these little, these young people as their guards, as their warriors, because you know that they're young and unfortunately many of them are dumb. So they'll take that and they'll go a hundred miles with it, Heather. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I think it is a, you know, a word and a, something that has tremendous, tremendous power um, in our society. I think, ironically, I think it may be in part because our society is, uh, you know, filled with mostly good people. I think people feel very bad about the, the sins of the past, which, you know, is a good impulse to care. But somehow it's been co-opted by the hard left and twisted into something. You know, when you were talking about it, she, the other thing I thought of, you know, the whole idea of this, um, what's her name, DeAngelis, this woman who isn't even a black woman who wrote this book. And I tried to read the book and it, it, it seemed to be like the idea is that, yes, your whole life, you will always be tainted because you have this privilege because of the color of your skin, you know, and um, really, it just breaks my heart, because I think that even in a Freudian sense, you know, I, you know, basic Freudian theory, I mean, is, there's a difference between shame and guilt, guilt is something that you should feel if you do wrong, and it's your conscience, but shame is something that you, that's an irrational, it's a feeling that people carry that does no good because it's it's like the idea that you or the person someone is inherently bad and there's nothing they can do to rid themselves of this evil to me it almost seems kind of like a um just like the witch trials and this this kind of primitive way of thinking that certain people have this evil stain and nothing will ever change that so those are the people who have to be subjugated somehow. Um, anyway, I just, right. yeah, I, I don't mean to go it's, on, but I just. But, but it's a lot. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot to talk about. And I'm glad that she was ag- agreed to come on the show tonight to share with our listeners her experience and what we need to be cautious of. And we need to keep our eyes open because there is definitely a push to take us in that direction. But as you both said, there is hope. There is hope, and we must never give up hope. You've been listening to After Dark with Robin Andrew on the America Out Loud platform. Tune in again tomorrow as we will come to you once again with a great show. We want to thank our guest, She Van Fleet, for coming on. And again, her book that will be coming out soon, Miles America, A Survivor's Warning. Thank you, and as always, stand for something or fall for nothing. Good night. Good night.